brought to you by Team Corker. I am Steph and I am so stoked to share a conversation with Michelle with you today. I had the sweet pleasure of meeting Michelle nearly a year ago on the brink of, you know, life changes. That's what happened back in 2020. And while there was so much unknown, I very much appreciate the story that Michelle has taken the unknown into really creating a life that is so crafted and manifested and, dare I say, a life on her own terms in an island far outside of the city of Vancouver with a job that she loves and an organization that we are so proud to be recruiting and supporting. The company is called Vessel. They make components for you to get outside and thrive in the mountains, and it's so on brand for Michelle. So. This was a podcast that I really enjoyed. It holds a special place in my heart and it gives me eternal hope that on the other side of 2020 are really great things to come. Enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Uncorked. I'm Steph Corker and this is Michelle. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Steph. This is Michelle's first podcast and I'm really honored that it happens to be Uncorked. You listen to podcasts, Michelle, or is being on and off podcasts just not your thing yet? No, I love podcasts. I do listen to them. Okay. I want to know your favorite podcasts. Top three favorites right now. That's the woman on LinkedIn. That's my favorite. Oh, Pat? No. Yeah. The the daily, I can't, it's like my favorite and now I can't remember the name of it. I feel so put on the spot, but it's a LinkedIn one that she does. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. She has a great intro. Anyways. Do you have any non-work related podcasts that you listen to? Uh, No, not really. I think they're all kind of business-based. A friend of mine started one that I don't even know what I'm allowed to talk about, but he's been sending me his practice versions. And so I've been listening to some on the sly that are all professional based and, and about to launch. So I've been listening to pretty much all professional podcast. I love it. Well, this is hardly professional and slightly professional because I love telling the stories of life that we can't find out about people online. And part of being a recruiter that keeps me insatiably curious is learning about people beyond a resume and funny to mention LinkedIn, like beyond LinkedIn, some people we can or cannot follow in other spheres on social. And I think that we all have really interesting stories. And you and I met nearly a year ago and you were transitioning out of one brand and really open to what's next. And I remember you were like, I'm going into the back country and I'll be back in a week. Let's talk then. And you were like, and now I'm going to have a campfire in my backyard. And it was only a few weeks, maybe months later that you said, I'm moving to Hornby Island. And for people that are listening that don't know, Hornby Island is a really precious little spot that is known for the best farmer's market in the summer, if you know, and they sell frozen mangoes on sticks and have the most glorious beaches and you were moving to this little island. And so I look at you and think that, you know, you're the executive making hippie dreams come true. And I want to start with Hornby and then we can talk about some other things. Is that cool? Sounds great. So Vancouver, 
I mean, COVID, it's been a year. What was the impetus to try on Hornby Island? Back in April, COVID hit. I was one of the people impacted by layoffs. And at that time, you know, it was was a hard transition. and, And my initial inclination was to go, I need to try really hard to find the next job. Career has dominated my life for many years. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to like take a couple of weeks and then hit LinkedIn to go back to that topic. And then crazy story, my girlfriend that I've known since I was eight years old, she's more like a sister to me, had another big life transition where she moved from the center of London, England, living right like Portobello Market, right in the center, decided to take over her dad's property on Hornby Island And she was like, Hey, you know, I know you're sitting in Vancouver and I know it's all about career, but do you want to come over for a bit and give me a hand? And that was the start of it. I remember driving over with my husband and we were like, everybody knows Hornby is so special. And like, I'd been here before. And, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder why it's so special. And so I came for a week to Hornby. I think that's when you and I spoke and I was just going to come have a couple of weeks do some farming. And and then I was in full sleeves up, figuring things out together with one of my lifelong friends. And it was magical. It was so special. I ended up spending three months here doing a bunch of soul searching, everything from like, do I want to give up my corporate career and move to Hornby full time and, and make artisanal soap? I mean, that's not off the table right now, but it became a very strong healing place for me, a strong sense of community in a time where it's so hard to have that. It was really nice to have a bubble that was very simple and life was very simple. And from there, that inspired me to start looking at property with my husband. And, and here we are. Gosh, this is so wild. So for context, and I actually don't even know the answer to this from Vancouver to Hornby door to door. How long is that journey? I mean, it depends where you are in Vancouver, but you really don't get any change out of six or seven hours. It's three ferries. And I can tell you when all the power goes out here and you're in a storm, you really feel like you're on, on the edge of it. You're quite far away. Yeah. You're far away and literally in the middle of the ocean. So that's real. Okay. So six or seven hours away, a few boat rides, the middle of a pandemic, perfect time to buy property in a magic little spot. I mean, I think a lot of people question their life and more specifically question their devotion to career when we realized how fleeting so much of it was. It was, it felt like a pandemic hit and all of a sudden very valuable resources were being let go. And as you mentioned, you know, you were in the impact of that. And I want to know the transition for you, or I mean, not to dive into your soul searching, just what were the shifts big or small that needed to take place for you to acknowledge that perhaps there was more to life than your next career move? Because we're going to get into the spoilers that Michelle has a really rad career now and is living the executive hippie dream, but it took a few things to get there. Totally. I think this journey actually started before my last company in my last section of work, which was five years, I actually did my yoga teacher training. And I, at that stage, did a vision board that I've always been somebody that does vision boards and quite dedicated to that. And I had, you know, my three months, six months, you know, what I want to achieve going into a new job. It was transitioning between one job into another. It was a really great time to do it. And then, you know, what's my three, five, eight year plan. Mm -hmm. And come COVID and, and the beginning of this year, I was kind of coming up to, I guess, the six year in that vision board. And what became scary to me is that I hadn't completed past that point. 
And so, you know, I was so dedicated to career, it dominated. And I think there was a lot of attachment to my identity and who I was within that. Mm. But then I went back to the vision board and I kind of went, oh, you know what was in there? All it said was like, I want a place with teepees on it. And so, you know, I did a lot of soul searching. It was really nice to check out this year, disconnect and do a bit of soul searching. And, and I think it was like looking at attachments, looking at attachments I had to identity based on career and work and knowing which ones were healthy and which ones needed a bit of revision. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I was getting quite a lot of pressure from different friends. They're like, we've always seen you, like you could do this crafty thing. I actually have a degree in, from Emily Carr. So I have that artistic streak. And so I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I need to explore that and running my own business. And, you know, you go down, I think a lot of people this year are like, maybe I want to make artisanal soap. Maybe I want to start a coffee roasting business. And those are all very valid. I think for me, it was actually being like, wait a minute, I was really successful in my corporate career and I, and I want to keep doing that. I loved it. And there's no part of me that doesn't love that, but maybe I just need a healthier revision of what that looks like, that I have this healthy connection to nature, which has always been so incredibly important to me and grounding and healthy. And maybe this crazy year has offered some crazy opportunities. And so I set my sights. I'm like, okay, bye. First week of November, I want a VP of marketing title job. And I want to place on Hornby and I'm going to go after those two things and see what happens. Mm. And there we are. Gosh, I get goosebumps because a core belief of the Corker Co is that and is the future. And when I hear things like this, I'm reminded that and is totally possible. And with that is I can be an executive and I can live in a place that I really love that doesn't need to be written off as inaccessible or not possible. And I'm living just south of Whistler right now. And I have my own identity struggles that people just think I'm here to like chase pow. And, you know, on a pow day, I'm on the mountain and I actually don't even ski on the mountain. I Nordic ski and the hours are much smaller when <laughs> I don't usually go during the week very often, actually, you know, at all. But I recognize that we associate certain places with certain people and assume that therefore you are a certain way. And it's a really beautiful thing to be able to change that narrative and remember that there are no assumptions in geography and nor are there assumptions in career, in title, in, to your point, the attachment. And I think the beautiful thing you just said was that we don't acknowledge the attachment that we have to our career until we lose it most often. And in fact, we celebrate the craziness and the inflation of our egos or other egos based on career without pausing to say, but are you really happy? Or do you just like the title that shows up on LinkedIn? And there's no judgment. It's just a question I, I like to explore, you know? And you mentioned that you are a VP of marketing and it's super cool. And I had the pleasure because of you of talking to your boss who just adores you. And he lives in the Baja, which is even, you know, another sweet little spot in the world. And he said, you know, this unicorn came and I didn't know we'd find someone like Michelle. And so I think the other beautiful thing to remember is that when you get to be exactly who you are, you're actually changing the game and the paradigm of what someone else thought was possible as well. So we can disclose that you're at Vessel, the cutest, raddest outdoor adventure company based in Abbotsford, British Columbia. And what's it like? You've gone from big to super small. You're Michelle the Hustler. Yeah. I mean, I think just going back to the VP marketing title, I say that only in so far as that 
almost contradiction of you live on a small hippie island, but you can't have a senior role. And so, you know, I think going after that title was acknowledgement of like one, my seniority and what I wanted to pitch at. It's not that I'm attached to that, but more just what I want to own. I looked for small brands. I looked for small brands that were aligned with my values of outdoors and, and a passion for that. And yeah, it was very serendipitous meeting Dave. I, I'd sort of like to share a little bit of that. You know, when I came back to the city, I was like, okay, I want to do some networking and I want to share with people out there that maybe have been laid off, like use your network, use your people. And there wasn't a job posting. I was like, Hey, I just look locally at the little brands that I, I was really interested in. And I found Dave online and he's a friend of a friend, you know, and they said, Oh yeah, you should totally meet Dave. And so Dave and I just had a coffee date planned virtually or in real life. Virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Virtual just a, date. Yeah. yeah. Virtual coffee date. Just like, Hey, interested in what you're doing. Know a little bit more about Vessel. I was maybe looking at some consulting pieces. I, I just was interested in connecting with interesting brands and people. And so I was chatting to him and, and he, I think we were like 15 minutes into the conversation. If he's like, if I sound really weirded out right now, it's only because we just had our marketing person give us, give notice yesterday. And I, I didn't, connect that that's what I was meeting you about. And now I'm seeing, you know, I'm a, I'm a little weirded out that the universe is kind of, you know, there's a lot of serendipity there throwing us together. So yeah, I, I originally was, was brought on just to kind of see how the fit was. They brought me on on a contract role and it was just a really good fit. I mean, like you said, really cool little brand, lots of room to grow, great aspirations and really good people, you know, the founder, very authentic human, very connected to wilderness and outdoors. So it, it was on brand for me and they loved that I wanted to take on this crazy project on Hornby. And again, going back to the, the title thing is like you go from a big brand with a very big team to a small brand where you got to roll up your sleeves, right? And I, I was really excited to do that, really excited to get back to the work the immediacy of doing something and there's a result good or bad. I loved the, yeah, the immediate learnings and the atmosphere is really great. Very different, very immediate, but yeah, it, it actually very much aligns with the immediacy of the environment I live in as well. So mm. it's a good headspace to be in. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the founder and I mean, some of your founder stories are pretty special, including what his office is like. Can you share this? And like, how did he transition his office during COVID? He's amazing. He, I don't, I think it was pre-COVID actually, but anyways, I was, you know, meeting people virtually. And so all you can see is people's backgrounds, their Zoom backgrounds or their, you know, living room or their bedroom. You know, everybody's got a different background of their lives right now. So I can just see his head and from where I'm sitting and looking into, it just looks like he's sitting in a hunter's cabin, like in the middle of the woods somewhere. And Dave is also on the call and he says, he says to Todd, he's like, Hey, you should show Michelle where you are. And, and so he's walking through his hunter looking cabin and then I'm expecting him to pop out and be where you are probably. And he, he pops out and it's actually the, the warehouse and operations headquarters for vessel. So he's just recreated a hunter's cabin to be his office. Cause that's where he feels most at home. That's amazing. I love these stories. Well, speaking of home and speaking of rolling up your sleeves, I undeniably stalk you on the gram where I was saying that I see you driving around your property on a John Deere tractor and just think 
this does not happen in Vancouver. And so here you are in the land of vessel, rolling up your sleeves. And on the other side of it, you're rolling up your sleeves with called Project Hornby. And what did you end up buying? And how does this project and your vision of TPs come together? You know, we talked about like attachment to who we are and the way that we think. And I have two sides to me. Like I, my background is also operations. So I'm like a very practical linear thinker, but I have a bit of the dreamer and a bit of the artist in me as well. So when we looked at this place, it, it very much confused us. So it's 10 acres. It's quite forested, quite natural. The original owners had a very Hornby seventies, Japanese meets post and beam aesthetic. The owners that have had it for many years didn't quite have the same, you know, resources and, and maybe didn't have the same skills to keep it, you know, up to speed as it should have been. So it was off the grid. It wasn't attached to hydro anymore, but the wildness of the property, there's remnants of what this garden used to look like. So behind me is a hundred foot eucalyptus tree. We think it's the biggest one in Canada. There's two more in front of me that are embedded amongst firs and giant cedars. So it's, it's definitely magic. And we had rose tinted glasses on when we bought it. And now, and then we turned up in the middle of December and the first two weeks, the power went out, even though the new hydro line was installed, we lost power five times. We had 24 hours where we didn't have any power every, you know, nook and cranny we licked up and go, what kind of project is this going to be? And, you know, daily it's like, got to keep the firewood going because it's wood burning stoves and it's challenging for sure. It's, it will be a dream, but it will be a long run dream, but I love the challenge of it again, like vessel, it's rolling up your sleeves and, and digging into the daily for the long-term gain. Yeah. I want to know what you miss about the city the most. And I also want to know what you don't miss about the city the most. I think the things I miss about the city, I missed when I was in the city this year, you know, like I love restaurants and I love going out to eat and I love having people, a bigger community right next door. You know, I'm very used to calling up my girlfriend saying, Hey, you want to go for a walk after work? And I miss that for sure. But I think in recent years, paying a premium to live in the center of the city became less obvious to us both other than friends who all started to leave the city because it became so expensive as well. We actually had a lot of friends move over this way to Cumberland and Denman and Hornby. So that was another component of our decision to move over here as opposed to any of the other Gulf islands is because we had the start of a community here. So, I mean, you know, in the city, I, I go back to our like modernized house and I'm like, everything just works and turning on the heaters is quite nice. Not having to stoke a fire first thing in the morning, but I also love those things here. So I think access to things in the city, diverse things like DoorDash. Actually, if you ask me one thing I miss right now is DoorDash. You know, the night you don't want to cook yes, and you didn't plan for the super one supermarket to be closed and now you're eating cheese and crackers for dinner. I really miss DoorDash. Yes. Actually top of it. I feel you, you know, for one moment in time, it's like one out of every five times I wish there was access to something else. And I mean, like, I'm not seven hours out of the city by any means, but I'm far enough away that I don't want to leave. And so I'm like, no, you figure it out. And it's pretty amazing how resourceful we can be. It makes me feel like in the city, I was really lazy. I don't want to admit that, but it's pretty true. You know what? That was a big part of the decision is we felt in the last couple of years, like doing too much Netflixing at night. Like, what am I doing? You know, there's so much more I could be investing my time and my 
my soul into. That's a long-term thing. And we've always wanted to do this. And, and I think COVID gave us the kick in the ass to do it. That's so awesome. So awesome. I want to know the best thing about living in an island right now, living specifically on Hornby. I mean, if I'm honest, it's not because we're not adhering to Bonnie's rules. It's, I don't really have to think about COVID. Like we, we sit on 10 acres. I walk out our front door and I've got all the space in the world to not have to think about, am I walking too close to that person? And I, cause quite honestly, that, that level of anxiety, I was, it was very fatiguing and, and honestly in the planet having that much nature that is yours, COVID or no COVID is so exceptionally privileged. And I am very aware of that. And I don't take that for granted for a second. And I try and appreciate it, even though it's challenging some days that it's, it's magical. Like it's absolutely magical. Just having the space. Yeah, totally. That's really special. I think that your story is so unique in that you took action and your dreams, dare I say, could be relatable. There's a lot of people that whether you go to, you know, yoga teacher training or not, we've all done a vision board of where we imagine living, or you might have a Pinterest board and it looks a certain way. And it's all about how do we craft a life, you know, that we dream of and few people take action. And the beautiful thing I've come to appreciate is that when you take action, you have something finished to talk about. It's like, I like making memories, but you have to do something to make a memory. Otherwise it's just a dream. And, you know, sometimes I cross finish lines and they might not be the finish line that I'd hoped for, but I've made a memory out of it because I've done something. When you ship something, you have something to be complete and you shipped literally yourself and your lives to this island. And I can't help but ask, looking back 12 months ago now to the people that sit with vision boards of places on sweet islands, but aren't taking action, you know, what would you have told yourself a year ago? if you know everything that you know now? Yeah. I mean, just don't wait. However you start it, start it. You know, I would lay there exhausted from my job in the week and be like, oh, look at, you know, real estate listings and maybe we should do that. And, and then I think what COVID, well, it's felt this way for me, my husband and, and many people I know, it just like, it was sobering about how much time I was wasting either through avoidance tactics like Netflix or pour yourself a glass of wine at night or whatever, I mean, the energy and capacity that we have now that we have this place. Yeah, there's days it's tiring, but how rewarding is it? You realize that you live in this apathy or connection or attachment to things that that really are sucking your energy. And if you can just pull away from them a bit and really focus a little bit more time on the vision board and then the actions around it. Yeah, I'm so grateful. I, I wouldn't have changed this year for anything because of where we are now and and the presence and immediacy that I have in my life because of this place. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. And to be clear, we put an offer on this place before I had a job and it was terrifying. And I was like, what are we doing to take on 10 acres with only one of us having a job during a pandemic? Sometimes you also have to give into the fear and stretch because now with everybody having these epiphanies, we would have missed the boat with this place. This was one of the last places purchasable on Hornby Island. There isn't anything property available. Yeah. So, yeah. That is so special. So special. Well, we wrap every podcast the same way. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say. P.S. Before we wrap, though, your eucalyptus shower does look really beautiful. So that tree is serving you very, very well. (laughs) Michelle, what is making your heart beat faster? Living into the dream. So on days where it's hard and I wake up and 
there's a new issue with this place and Vessel's a new job and I, I want it to work so badly. And, you know, everything we talked about, it doesn't come easy every day. And some days I'm like, how am I going to make this all happen? But the energy I derive from it, from the challenge of it is rewarding. So dreams sometimes make your heart beat fast. Dreams make your heart beat faster. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. We'll make sure to include show notes of Vessel. And if you have anything to do with Vessel Java, I am obsessed with your grinder. And I read the copy and was like, I bet Michelle wrote the copy of this sweet product. And I am so excited to see what else you will bring to life with Vessel and with your life. It's super inspiring. And I really, really appreciate you sharing the inside scoop. So thank you so much. Thanks, Steph. You're a great support this year. You do good work. Thank you. 